hello, hello, hello. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> this is Hannah. And this is Katie. And we are One, One Kiss, Kiss Means, means forever. forever. This is the podcast where we take the way you think a romance should look and we spin it on its head and go, ooh and ah and what the fuck and yeah girl um anyway yeah that's that's how we do it this time for sure that's how we do it um we talk about your favorite made for tv romances the kinds that you find on all of the places mostly hallmark sometimes lifetime definitely netflix (laughs) when they rate it as a tv thing because they don't yeah, sometimes. We, we're not going to go into the discussion of whether Netflix is TV or movies, whatever. Yeah. Like, it's too complicated. We count Netflix towards made for TV, yes. period. That's how, <laughs> that's how we see it. That's how we do it. And this okay. one especially does have a TVMA rating. Oh, all right. Great. So we're good. Official. Yes. Um, so today we're talking about uh, a movie that dropped on Netflix December 2nd, 2021. Uh, I, I can't believe we've never talked about a same-sex couple one before because there are a few of them. But we're going to be talking about Single All the Way. And I'm very excited. Me too. <laughs> but so this is what Netflix has to say about this movie. Peter asks his best friend to pose as his boyfriend on a Christmas visit home, but their plan and feelings change when his family plays matchmaker. Uh, And the cast of this movie is off the charts. So we've got (laughs) Michael Urie, Philemon Chambers, and then also Kathy Najimy, Jennifer Coolidge, Jennifer Robertson, Luke McFarlane, and Steve Lund. Like, yeah. Like, beam me up to heaven now, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, all-star cast, and we shall get into the players in this synopsis of single <laughs> all the way. Here we go. Peter, played by Michael Urie lives in LA and hates his job. We feel you. And he is a he uh, styles social media posts, so he especially hates that. His dream is to open a plant nursery, but you know, change is scary. But he's happy because he's been dating this handsome cardiologist Tim for about 4 months and it's going super well. So well in fact that he's invited him home for Christmas. Won't his meddling family be surprised that he actually has a real life boyfriend? Peter's best friend, Nick, played by Philemon Chambers, is a writer who does task rabbit jobs while awaiting inspiration. Uh, on a job putting up Christmas lights, he finds out that Tim is actually married with kids. Like he is doing Tim's house, hired by Tim's wife. Peter is the other woman in this situation. <laughs> Uh, While he hates to break Peter's heart, Nick is fully Team Peter, as he should be, and he tells him before Tim is introduced to the family, so Peter doesn't have that awkwardness happen. Yes. Thank goodness. 
And because Nick has no family, Peter convinces him to come home with him instead and pretend to be his boyfriend. It's what Peter's family has always wanted for years anyway. But, you know, Nick isn't thrilled with the idea, but Peter is persuasive. So off they go to New Hampshire for a week, um, a week or so with uh, Peter's parents, his two sisters, their families, and his aunt. Big family for Nick. (laughs) (laughs) Upon arriving in town, Peter's mother, Carol, announces that she set Peter up on a blind date with her spin instructor. Nick, thrilled that he now doesn't have to lie, encourages this date. He's like, yeah, do it. I'm here as your friend and only your friend. And that's great. So fine. Looks like Peter is going to at least find out if he wants to go on a date with this James guy, whoever he is. But Peter's teenage nieces have other ideas. They are finally old enough to see what the rest of Peter's family has seen for years, that Peter and Nick would be the best couple. So they are going to matchmake like the teenage hellions they are. Manipulate up the wazoo! They try to get Nick and Peter to admit they have feelings for each other. Why would two adults not be able to see what they see? Teenagerhood is hard. It is hard. (laughs) Meanwhile, Peter and James have hit it off. Uh, They've gone to coffee and they went skiing. And Nick is like pretty on board with this whole thing he's like yeah like i want peter to be happy uh he might be spending a lot of time with peter's family but he's not gonna let um everyone's like desires about him and peter like get to him he and peter are just friends they are best friends but just friends um but he's also like the handy one period like in the world he's handy (laughs) (laughs) and so like everyone just wants him around all the time because he, you know, can fix things. <laughs> and so, of course, they want him to join the family. Why wouldn't you? It's like, oh, I want that brother-in-law who will just come over and fix my sink for free. I understand that. <laughs> totally. I mean, let's not think about the the cute eyes they make at each other subconsciously. No. But the handiness seems to work. Yes. <laughs> Um, So Peter's four nibblings, um, if you're not familiar with that phrase, it's your uh, niece and nephew siblings. (laughs) It's it's your non-gendered nieces and nephews. And it's all encompassing and it's a real word. And I like it. And I think it's great. So, yeah, I had I had never heard of it before. Your your nibbling. Yeah. Um, But Peter has four nibblings, and they have all been roped into a Christmas nativity put on by Aunt Sandy, played as only Jennifer Coolidge can play this character. Oh, man. When the children have trouble with their lines, Aunt Sandy is losing her shit. She's overwhelmed and desperately needs help. Luckily, with Nick's handyman skills and Peter's designed flair, they are able to make quick work of sets, costumes, makeup, and overall theatrics by way of montage. (laughs) Back in L.A., Peter's boss, Lachlan, has changed the idea of this influencer campaign that they're working on. Which means Peter might be on vacation, but now he has to work because bosses suck. (laughs) The new direction is quote-unquote, real gay men. So now Peter has to take pictures of the only real gay men in town, which are Nick, James, and himself. (laughs) Pretty much. I mean, maybe there are some other people, but those are the only ones we meet. Uh, So we have 
some lumberjack shaving cream photo shoots happening. And in, you know, like, I mean, they're not like intimate pictures in the way like intimate pictures, but they're like stylized, pretty pictures. And there's some, some tension between Nick and Peter, especially when they're like up close and like looking at each other's lips and. Hmm. What's happening? <laughs> so the nieces have gotten the rest of the family on board with their Peter Nick being together, get them together idea. When Peter and James go on a date, they convince their mom Lisa to sabotage while they corner Nick into admitting that he is in love with Peter. But Nick is sure that it is not mutual, so he's keeping quiet about it. But with enough pushing, the nieces are going to quote unquote help. So when Peter gets home from his date with James, Peter finds them asleep in his bed, which means he has to go and share a bed with Nick. Not for sexy times, although there is, like, cute eyes and overall amazing sexual tension. But, yeah, whatever. But, but they don't they don't have sexy times. No. They, they're, yeah. So the next morning, the girls rope Peter into doing their stage makeup for them because they have, I don't know what the word is, like clown faced themselves on purpose. Um, <laughs> uh, it is here that they get Peter to admit he has feelings for Nick, but he doesn't want to do anything about it for fear of losing his best friend, which, you know, of all the the tropes, this is the one where I'm like, I understand this completely. <laughs> Um, so this heavy convo leads to a Britney dance party. Um, so like I have some choreography to learn. Um, I think we all need to learn this choreography and then go to karaoke. That's my, that's my, uh, hashtag goals. Yes. Uh, when Nick and the nephews come to watch, the older niece slips to Nick that his feelings for Peter are reciprocated. Ooh, it's so exciting. Then it's the night of the show, y'all. James attends and sees just how comfortable Peter and Nick are together and realizes the same thing that the nieces have. And then Nick confesses his love to Peter. And Peter is scared. He's not sure if he's ready to try with Nick and risk their friendship. But it does prompt him to realize that he wants to leave L.A. and move back home. And he tells Nick this, and Nick is is heartbroken. Like, happy for him, but heartbroken. Because he's also kind of equating the move back home to, I'm moving here for James. Peter and James go out for a drink where they amicably stop seeing each other. Um, I am would not call this a breakup because I don't think three dates is enough to count it as yeah. a breakup. Yeah, I think they stop seeing each other. <laughs> uh, and beca- because James is blowing up on Instagram from this photo shoot, this lumberjack photo shoot, uh, Peter suggests he move out to L.A. to pursue the gay model influencer trainer life, which, OK, I guess if that's what you want. I don't I don't know. Here's the thing I don't understand about this. He teaches skiing. That's the like the one training thing you can't do in L.A. <laughs> He's also a spin instructor. Yes, but like he's a spin instructor because he moved there to ski. True. 
<laughs> I think he could probably do other things. He what what Peter suggests is you could become a celebrity trainer. Yes, he, he so could he's be, got those skills. Right. So meanwhile, back at the house, Nick packs up to leave. He can't stay there feeling the way he's feeling and like he's been rejected. Um, but before he can leave, he gets one more task rabbit job in town because he just changes his settings and does task rabbits wherever he is. <laughs> Why not? I think that's efficient. Um, So it is talking with James that Peter realizes he really has to and would like to try with Nick. He might be scared, but he has to trust in the feelings. Um, He rushes home to find that Nick is gone and scared that he's lost him forever. Peter rushes out after Nick, sure that he went to the airport. And while driving through town, he spots the rental car. So he pulls over and he goes into the storefront to see that Nick is painting. Because Nick is the best of the best, really, mm-hmm. as a Christmas present to Peter, his unrequited love, he thinks, he's rented the storefront, paying for six months of rent. So when Peter moves home, he can start his dream plant store, which like, Aww. Like, you could knock me over with a feather I, or, like, I'm just melting into a puddle. I love it so much. It's so cute. With such a supportive gesture, Peter has the balls to admit that he is in love with Nick, too. And so they kiss. And since one, one kiss, kiss means, means forever. forever and they want to be together and Nick can work from anywhere, he is also going to move to New Hampshire. So Christmas morning, everyone is opening presents. The last gift is from Nick to Peter's nephews, who love his kids' book. Did we mention that Nick has written a really awesome and successful kids' book? He has. Anyway, he's written a sequel and wants them to be the first to read it. Nick's book is about his own life via his super adorable dog, Emmett. So when the book ends with Emmett and Nick and Peter moving to New Hampshire, the entire family erupts into shouts of joy and they're super happy for them. And they're also just really happy that they were right all along. (laughs) It was Nick all along. (laughs) So I don't have a lot of what the fuck moments. I I have mostly what the fun moments. I only have, okay, I have only one what the fuck. Okay, go ahead. And and we I, t- I mentioned this what the fuck moment a little bit um, on when we, we guest started on Hallmark, Hallmarkies podcast with Rachel. We did a recap where we talked, mentioned this movie briefly. And my only qualm, my only what the fuck about this movie is – Probably 60% of the dialogue is about why aren't Peter and Nick together? Nick and Peter are getting together. Let's get them together. Let's have – like it's just like it's a a broken record a little bit. And Mm -hmm. this movie is so much smarter than that and this cast is so much better than that that I kind of wish that – it's almost like – that's what was. That's what would have been cut away for the ninety minutes to make the commercials fit in. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like that's the filler. Yeah. Um, I, I also didn't like the fact that they are roommates in this story. It just makes me feel like, you know, being roommates and living in that proximity, they probably would have hooked up at some point. 
I mean, I don't know. I'm, I mean, I know myself and I know a lot of my gay friends and they probably would have hooked up at some point. Yeah, right. But um, so you know, those are my only kind of what the fuck moments about this movie. I don't know. I, I can see a world where they don't hook up because they're both so terrified of losing each other That's as true. friends, like that they're actually really careful about it. Um, But also like, yeah, it's a, it's a little unbelievable yeah. um my my like mini what the fuck was um i like when when he's driving through town trying to get to the airport and he spots a rental car have you ever spotted a rental car that you're like that's my rental car like i can't find my rental car in a parking lot like what are you doing? <laughs> i can't find cars that i that belong to people i know i don't i don't understand this concept <laughs> I mean, I'm glad that he did because I was about to go, oh, my God. I was starting to write what the fuck with him, like, with, with both of them going to the airport. I'm like, are we going to have another, like, air – I'm done with the airport chase down. Mm-hmm. Like, it should have died with love, actually. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, and, and I'm glad that it didn't happen because I loved what did happen because it also was just – Yeah. I I love it. Um. So should we just do some what the fun? Sure. Do you have any of those? I have. I sure do. I have lots (laughs) of what the fun ones. Um. So my first thing that I like had a little like mini like "Ah, I'm so excited was not only does he have a plantstagram, but he calls it a (laughs) plantstagram, and I loved that so much. I was just sort of like, of course you have a plantstagram, and I love that you do, and I love that all your plants have names like Janice and Agatha. <laughs> I thought his love of plants was really, really sweet. Um, I loved a lot. I loved a lot of the dialogue in this movie. My favorite line in the entire movie is Nick is helping fix a leak in the basement. And in uh, Barry Bostwick is the dad, and he's like going, you know, like is it odd that gay people know how to be handy like this? You know, being totally ignorant like some people can be, but we're all learning, right? And um, and he goes, well, you know, I watch a lot of HGTV, and uh, and Barry Bostwick says, is that what what is that homosexual gay TV? And he's like, yeah, kinda. And he goes, huh, it's not some kind of porn, is it? And he turns and goes, yeah, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> and I laughed. I lolled. I laughed out loud because it is porn. HGTV is oh, yeah. awesome. <laughs> <laughs> right. It is, a, it is a specific type of porn, but it is very much a type of porn. <laughs> Absolutely. I only watch it for pleasure. Yes. Um, the other line that I loved because I didn't I wouldn't have known this um but when Aunt Sandy is doing the like pre-show uh like motivational speech she's doing a speech and it sounds a little funny and you're like okay whatever she's a weirdo it's fine and then when Peter looks over at Nick and says like that's like word for word Madonna Madonna's speech <laughs> from yes. something I was just like ah oh, it's great <laughs> um i wanted to point out um that i looked up the the sibling 
distance in in so there are three siblings in this family um with michael yuri in the middle so peter in the middle and then he's got an older sister and a younger sister and at first i was i didn't know if i'm just gonna call her jocelyn because she's gonna be (laughs) jocelyn to me forever and i'm sorry because you'll be more than jocelyn in your career like obviously but um, so at first I was like, is that his like mom's super young sister? But not thinking that like I just didn't think that they were that close in age to be siblings. But in real life, if we're going with their real life ages, each sibling is exactly nine years apart from each other. So okay. Michael Yuri is nine years younger than she. And then the youngest sister is nine years younger than him. So okay. Kathy and Jimmy had a lot has had a very long <laughs> career of babies. <laughs> Yeah. So I thought that was I thought that was cool that you had that many siblings so far apart. Yeah. I, I am nine years away from my sister, so I kind of appreciate it. Yeah. I'm eight years away from my brother. So Yeah. I understand. Um Yeah, that's I didn't think the younger sister looked nine years younger than him. I was shocked by that. Michael Yuri yeah. also kinda has a little bit of a baby a little, face. Yeah, yeah, that's true. He He's does. the same age as Billy and they look a little different. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I mean, I got the, I kind of got the impression that they were all maybe playing slightly older, mm. maybe not older than they were, but like, like, like if, if Michael Urie is playing his own age, then Jocelyn was playing like maybe like four or five years older and the, the mm. younger one was playing, you know three or four years younger than him you know like they Possibly. they were aged closer that that's the impression i got gotcha um but well maybe but michael you're playing his old age he's 40 so yeah, <laughs> yeah I, think. I don't know i don't know they didn't talk about ages and i'm cool with that i feel like age is age right now in this day and age is bizarre don't you think yeah. like we well also all of these movies often like they're like Every once in a while, they'll state the age, and it's always 29. <laughs> 28 always. or 29, yeah. Um, but if they don't state the age, you get the impression that they're playing the most 25-year-old, 37-year-old. Yeah. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, I feel like I'm close to that, and I still feel like I'm 23, so. Yeah. Yeah, at I least mean, that, where that, I am in my career. <laughs> that's that's what's happening. Is they're they're playing mid thirties as if you haven't experienced mid thirties levels of life. I haven't. Yes, you have. I haven't. Well, but if you if you think about mid thirties levels of life in our mother's era. Like, I would have had three children and a house and possibly well, that, a divorce by now. That's not really what I mean by that, I don't think. It's more of like, oh, okay. you've been out into the world and you, like, you have encountered humans. <laughs> once once or twice. I have, I have encountered a few of them. Like, like, not so much in the, like, oh, like, you haven't gotten married and had kids yet portion of, of these kinds of movies. But in the, like, wait, have, have you met people? Do you know what Christmas is? They are from New Hampshire. It's like, that small town. <laughs> well, or, or like especially the ones with Hanukkah. It's like, really? You've never heard of Hanukkah before? 
<laughs> really? <laughs> um, I also, uh, let's see, I'm just looking at my notes. I didn't take very n- many notes because I was so wrapped up in watching this movie. I think that's a good sign. I agree. Yeah. Same, same. Um, but like just the the Britney dance made me so happy because not only like fact that it was choreography um but also like it showed you so much about the like family dynamics and how he interact like he might live in LA and they live in New Hampshire but like he sees them enough and he's part of their lives and it was just so cute and i was like it this was is a cute. great like uncle niece relationship that you've cultivated for the past I don't know 15 years or whatever and it was adorable when when nieces and nephews get to be like when they're not being assholes as when they're teenagers they're it's kind of fun to relate to them as adults and have real conversations it's pretty great yeah um one thing I my my last kind of what the fuck I wanted to mention, but it's a what the fuck, but it also kind of what's the fun because it's it's another Jocelyn centric kind of thing. So there's this whole part where they're doing this secret wrapping present scene, and she goes on this tirade, and she has a lot of tirades in this movie, and they're hilarious. Um, so she goes on this tirade about how she's like, "I'm an adult, but I'm here." At my parents' house for Christmas. I have a fami- I have my own family, but somehow we're here and doing this thing. And I loved that because it made me feel like, yeah. And we've been talking about this a lot within like Twitter, especially this holiday season, about us, about people always going to the childhood home for Christmas, even if they're already adults and being shamed into going to their childhood home for christmas Mm -hmm. yeah even if they have their own traditions or their own family unit that they're trying to kind of figure out and i just like i loved that that was really spotlighted and yeah and said like why is this even a thing well also (laughs) in that scene where she was like i have my own house but like i have to come over here with all of my presents to go into a room without other people to wrap them because that's what we do and it's insane and stupid but I do it because it's tradition. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, because basically it was like, you need to come over to your parents' house so that you can wrap your gifts in private. Like, <laughs> it was such a weird. And beautifully buttoned with, we need wine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Very much so. I mean, like, I, I was thinking about that. A little bit because I'm like, yeah, I, I go to my parents' house for holidays. But, you know, at what point do you stop going to your parents' house and they come to yours? Yeah. And I don't know. I don't know what the answer is because when I think about it, it's like I can't think of going to anyone else's house but my parents' house because my parents are the ones with the space. <laughs> like, I know I will always travel for the holidays because all of my family lives in essentially one place. So... Either they all travel or I travel. <laughs> Which makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, but especially in this case, I liked yeah. how she was like, I have my own house and she lives in that town. Yeah. She could have easily been the host of Christmas. Right. Should we go to Hallmark Hallmarks? Let's do it. I, I have a few. Um, so my first one was we have a bunch of Christmassy names in this. Yeah. Uh, we've, we've got Nick. 
We've got Carol, who actually goes by Christmas Carol in the holiday season. and Her holiday are... drag name. Yes. Um, and you have to call her Christmas Carol. And I loved it. Um, and I could make a argument that even Peter is sort of festive. It's biblical. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. Um, we have parents shaming singledom. Um, our lead character is essentially recently single. Yes. <laughs> there, Even though it's not completed, it's not presented to completion. Uh, we have a fake boyfriend. Yes. Scenario. Um, and we have the, I don't want to try the, with this person because if it didn't work, I'd lose them. Yeah, but then everybody asks, why aren't you guys together? Yeah. Do you have any more? Mm-mm. I have a lot more Hallmark Hallmarks. Oh, then go. Do it. So he catches him when he almost falls. Like they like literally like bump into each other oh, yeah. at one point. They're, well, and um, the catching when the almost fall I think is Luke McFarlane. But they bump into each other at the wine store. Technically, Luke McFarlane is a rival blonde. <laughs> love it. Love it. Uh, we, it's, uh, we got to save the pageant. And it's somebody working over their vacation. In mm-hmm. a couple of mm-hmm. different ways, doing their mm-hmm. thing. Um, uh, we have the gives him something warm to keep him warm. Like, you know, usually they have the here's your coat because he's cold. He gives him his little reindeer earmuffs to keep him warm as a sign of affection. There's a getting it done montage. Yep. There's sexy wood chopping and impromptu dance party, <laughs> which is a new one. Yes, I love it. Love it. Pretty parade? You know, I didn't write anything down. Um, I, I wrote one thing down, and it's very me. Uh, my pretty parade was for the few seconds that Emmett was actually in this movie. Because I loved him, and he could pick out his own book about himself. He's and I love him. And then there's pictures of him at the doggy hotel. There's a Christmas. And I, I want to read like, that book. Yeah. I was just like, I love Emmett. Emmett is great. <laughs> I'm with the, the nephews on this. Like, I want, tell me more about Emmett. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. Um, do you have any crossings of the universes? I have a few. I have a few. I, I, I didn't, I kept very general. Um, But I think the one that you know, we have to just say very quickly is that this movie has Luke McFarlane and Steve Lund in in it and they're like tall stars yep. up the wazoo. Like this is a Netflix music movie with, with Hall Stars. Um I'm gonna mention this here too on our own podcast that um this is the second movie that I can think of that is not a Hallmark movie that feature Hall Star actors in cheesy Christmas movies. So we have Stephen Lund and Luke McFarlane in this one. And Ryan McPartland was, was, is in Clusterfunk Christmas. Mm-hmm. And I'm liking this trend because it does lend a little bit of clout to these newer, these different um, tropey holiday, sh- holiday movies. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm pleased with it. Um, and my other one 
is just that this movie had both Steve Lund and Jocelyn in it, and that made me happy. Yay! <laughs> and if you don't know to what we were referring, we are talking about Schitt's Creek. Um, both of those <laughs> actors were in Schitt's Creek, and they were great. Yes. Um, I have a couple things. Okay. Um, the This movie is in the Netflix um, is referring to itself sometimes uh, mm-hmm. thing. Um, the, there's a song at the end, which is kind of a fun song and one of the lyrics is Netflixing and chilling um, so I thought that that was kind of cool that they are inserting themselves into themselves <laughs> um, there is uh, a rather brilliant clue um, quote because he does say I hate you so much and flames <laughs> flames at the sides of my face and it just really made me happy that that was like shouted out because um, one of the things I really love about this movie is the, not only was it tropey and like everything a uh, Christmas stupid romance should be, but it also had a lot of gay culture references and I feel like Madeline Kahn is, you yeah. know, sort of a gay icon and especially in that role. So I like that. I have one last one, but mm-hmm. it's across my universe. Okay. Um, in the Christmas pageant, there was no Joseph. Um. Oh. There was they really only had Mary and then like the shepherds and things. And that is across my universe because my mother was a single mom and she used to make like dough clay thing like like statues made out of dough. Mm-hmm. And she made a nativity scene where there was no Joseph because she was oh. a single mom. And so I was like, "Oh, Aww. this is just like my mom's nativity." <laughs> but also it ha- it it ran into the like third lobster problem of like multiple you're like why are there so many weird animals in this nativity but you're missing like people you would assume would be a part (laughs) and there might have been a joseph but i was noticing in this scene in like some of the staging scenes and then in the scene where they're saying no room at the inn it's only mary that's talking to the Mm -hmm. inn innkeeper Mm -hmm. and um, and I, it, I just really liked that because yeah, no, it's lovely about that. Yeah. New and noteworthy. Kind of already mentioned it. Um, that it's a gay rom com that was tropey but still kept, uh, kept the culture. From yeah. my, I am not a gay person, but I, as a musical theater person, who you're adjacent. <laughs> I am adjacent. I am a fruit fly, um, as it, as they call it. Um, so I, I felt like it was, I felt good about about that yeah no um i just wanted to call out the sex positiveness of this movie because first of all we get a kiss with the wrong guy which we get sometimes in these trophy movies but it's a gay kiss with the wrong guy which i thought was like hey i don't know that i've ever seen that before um at one point luke mcfarland asks if he wants to come up yeah there is like basically a sexual invitation that is not you know coded and is seriously considered yeah (laughs) um and then uh lastly like peter and nick as we said in the synopsis share a bed and don't have sexy times sharing a bed but they don't, like, do some stupid thing, like, put pillows in between them or, like, uh, you know, like, it, it's just, like, we're going to be in the same bed. 
Um, I love that you mentioned that because one thing I really like about this movie and I kind of think is new and noteworthy is they allow some sexual tension to like kind of sit there. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. One of my biggest gripes about um, Hallmark movies some at least recently is that I we don't get a chance to fall in like to see them fall in love with each other the hand brushes or like yeah. in a way that's really like meaningful and with the taking of the pictures sleeping oh, in this like bed the the I mean first of all like I was just like how have I never seen a picture before like a model picture where they're sitting and blowing like steam out of their mouth yeah like that seems crazy not like why why that doesn't show up all the time but like that moment was just I was just like I feel this yeah I feel maybe I should leave you alone (laughs) (laughs) yeah um and I'm sort of upset because I mean I think I want to say it here because I'm probably going to forget it when we get to kiss meet her neck and in two parts because the the tension and the moments that I felt in that scene and in the when they're sleeping in the same bed scene were so like beautiful and ripe and I could feel it Mm -hmm. and I didn't I I wish that they had had a kiss in those moments because I didn't really feel it in the moment that they did kiss and we'll talk about it um so to me that's a shame but I understand that it wouldn't have happened because of the story like yeah it's just it just kind of I I feel you on that completely cool um so let's do supporting shout out real quick and then we'll we can jump to kiss meter perfect um so did you have a supporting shout out? Oh, my supporting shout out I wrote was all the parents and aunts and Jocelyn. <laughs> <laughs> Which, yes, I uh, co-sign. Um, <laughs> I, I did uh, narrow that because I just said Jennifer Coolidge. I don't know what she's doing and I'm here for it. <laughs> she was so funny. I, I don't know if she was an alcoholic. I don't. I'm unclear. I don't know if she was a crazy person. I don't, I genuinely have no idea about this person's backstory and I don't know that I actually care. I just loved her. She's, she's what I think that if I had not found the right man, that's who I would have turned into in the next 30 (laughs) years. Um, The girl who, the woman who had broken Broadway dreams and just drinks martinis and finds men at the bar like I feel like that's what I I would have done like <laughs> I'm taking all your lines out of the, my children's mouths from my theater um uh, well, I had a quick conversation with a mutual friend of Hannah's um Hannah and mine um who's part of the LGBTQ community and they were talking about how this movie should have been what like um that Twilight girl Kristen Stewart um last season the um whatever movie that was with Daniel Levy. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually never saw that one. Neither Happiest did season. I. And um what they were talking about was basically like what this this movie is what that should have been. And there was an article that was recommended to me and I didn't um I didn't read it. Uh but one of the things that I, I wanted to shout out like on Kathy and Jimmy and Barry Boswick's characters was 
in relation to that movie, I guess in that movie, everybody is like really confused about the gay culture and like asking stupid questions and making stupid inferences. And, and in this case, they still have that, but in a way, but it's still full of love and they're trying. Like yeah. she is all about her son being gay, but still gets just, LGBTQ wrong. <laughs> yeah. I just love that she's reading a book on how to be like a supportive LGBTQ plus parent yeah and and the dad seems to have like no qualms whatsoever and like and usually i feel like in a lesser movie we'd have been like my only son yeah you know but that's not the case at all and i'm just really hoping that this starts a trend of movies that it's just like this you know of just that's just love and we're watching two people fall in love and that's it yeah because also like i you get the impression that like the dad all like Barry Boswick is also like I would love to have Nick because I think I could relate to him on like a manly men kind of level that I can't with my own son maybe maybe it can like I can that will fulfill my need without diminishing my love for my child at all yeah let's write that let's put that in (laughs) (laughs) anyway that's my supporting shout out uh, so let's get into kiss meter. <gasps> okay. So we do have two kisses. Yeah. So I rated them. I, I really only rated the first one. The second one, I was just cute and sweet and like there. Yeah. Um, but it was, you know, I don't even feel like it's number. It, it gets a number. It's just like it was the appropriate kiss for the time and place. Um, okay. But the the one... Like the main kiss, I guess. I gave it an 8.5 because I thought it was a really good start to the kiss. It did get a little bit of like, I'm eating your face off for me, that I was just sort of like, eh, you've lost me a little bit. Mm -hmm. And I think what you were saying earlier of like the moment didn't have the tension the same way some of the earlier moments did that I like was really feeling because at the when it happened, like it, it, it is like the pinnacle of the movie and they're making all these decisions and declarations and blah, blah, blah. But also because of that, it felt more like nerve wracking, I guess. Exactly. Yeah, I I really agree, and I I was I was just feeling through how I was feeling about this, and you're right. It they seem anxious, and they seem um, uh, in a frenzy almost. Like it like they're that they're both. It's almost like it's a problem. Like I almost feel yeah. like they're they're like they're upset <laughs> at well, the whole thing. Well, you know, like part of me understands it completely because I'm like, oh, the, here's two people who have declared their love for each other. But are still, like, not 100% sure that this is going to work. Like, this might be the end of their relationship. And and they've never kissed before. So, like, it feels a little bit like, we've got to do this to make sure, like, we don't go too far. And, like, I don't, like, you don't taste good or whatever. <laughs> or you're a terrible kisser. <laughs> um, You know, like, yeah. it has a little bit of that, like... I hope this is okay. I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope. But this could go very, very badly. Yeah. 
you know. I I agree. It 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 felt too forceful, especially mm-hmm. when there were very soft and vulnerable moments between them. And I agree. It kind of felt like a let's get this, let's get this over with, stop talking because I got to kiss you before my mind is changed. Yeah. Um, and I didn't, I didn't love that. I didn't love the dialogue leading up to it. I, I, my rating was a 7.75. Okay. But I did rate the second kiss as an 8.5 okay. okay. because, um, Ultimately, I thought it was a really good and sweet kiss. It's almost like they got the violence out of the way and then they were able to be loving. <laughs> yeah. Well, he, like, I feel like because they knew each other so well when they got mm-hmm. together, they kind of skipped the, like, we're dating period of a relationship and went directly into old married couple love. <laughs> so, Katie. Yes, Hannah. Would you suggest other people watch this movie? I would. I mean, I mean, it's on Netflix, so it's really easy to find. I love <laughs> this movie. I thought it was, I, I it's it was the more it had all the feels, and it had more feels than I've had in a long time with 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 traditional rom coms. So it's nice to see that. It's nice. It's nice to see same sex couples and rom coms. Period. Yeah. Agreed. How about you, Hannah? Agreed, 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 agreed. Everybody should watch this movie. It was great. I loved it. <laughs> Done. Done. Yeah. <laughs> it was great. I loved it. <laughs> hey, and guess what? Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. So this is this is it. We're we're this is our last Christmas episode of the year. Um yeah. or, or season. That, uh, you know, whatever. Um but until July, we'll, yeah. Well, we'll you know, uh, but we'll we're gonna be be doing our thing like we normally do, uh, you know, non Christmas, yeah, related. What? Yeah, every uh, other week we will bring to you some fun, happy Hallmark or other places made for TV romances that are usually seasonal or. Something or or sort of kind of maybe seasonal. Well, yeah. we we reserve the right to to veer off path. I was gonna say or whatever the fuck we want because it's our podcast and we so. can do whatever we want. Woo! Yay! So now that we're essentially done with Christmas, we're gonna go back to our regularly scheduled every other week uh, drop schedule. Um, so we'll be back with you in the new year. Uh, But we hope you have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And regardless of what you celebrate, if you celebrate, I hope you stay safe and healthy in this this time. And you have Um, a lovely, reflective, relaxing cookie. Winter solstice. (laughs) Winter solstice. Or just of time. We hope that within this craziness of the world that you find some peace no matter what. Uh, so thanks as always to Flint Pastors for our intro outro music. You can find his stuff on uh, Spotify, Apple Music, SoundCloud, all of that stuff. We are on Twitter. One kiss means forever. We're also that on Instagram, and that's where the one and the four are numerical. And we try to live tweet the Hallmark uh, premieres. Yeah. Yeah, New Year's new movies coming up. We'll be there at least for most of them. For sure. 
I'm excited for a Butler Academy. <laughs> um, yeah. And if you would like to email us about your uh, Butler Academy thoughts, um, you can email us at onekissmeansforever at gmail.com. And that's all spelled out like it is on our logo. All right, guys. Thanks for joining us for this Christmas season. And we'll see you next time. It was a hoot. See you next time. Bye. Bye.